Ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, November 21st. Your boy Dave Neal here, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. And we have got a lot of content to bring to you guys today on this Thanksgiving week. Motivational Monday. Several different stories, fires we're putting out in a Bachelor in Paradise. Preview of tonight's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are jam-packed. I'm in the mobile studio in northern Kentucky. And get ready, for it is Bachelor Rush Hour. What did I tell you? I told you November 1st we were going to have a hit new podcast and you guys have delivered everyone out there. Thank you so much for all the love and support, all the jamming, all of your comments, ratings, and reviews. It's been not nearly a month of this podcast and I'm enjoying it in ways I did not know possible. For instance, I'm able to share some behind the scenes with my life with you guys. I'm, I've got four clips, so I've actually got a long, long podcast for you today. I've got four of the different clips from today's YouTube channel. The first one is Wells, bartender Wells, defending Michael in his sort of um, beef he didn't ask for with Sierra after Caitlin Bristow and Danielle Maldby um, sort of slammed what's her face Sierra on the off the rose pod off the vine podcast so we've got that plus a bachelor in paradise uh, preview with all of the trailers if you're driving home from work today and you're getting ready for tonight's finale I've got all those different trailers for you not to mention Gabby Windy on the chicks in the office podcast discussing her flirty vibes with Vinny and also uh, getting called out for um not really having a reason to go on Bachelor in Paradise. She got a lot of hate her and Rachel did for their bashing of Logan. So we've got all those pieces of content for you right now. Tasha and myself made our way to Northern Kentucky yesterday. We flew out at midnight Saturday night, made it in at 7 a.m. Sunday. And we did one of those like just foot it, you know what I mean? Just like get through the day types of vibes, just coffee and hope. But by 10 o'clock at night, I slept from 10 a.m., sorry, 10 p.m., East Coast time to to 9 a.m. East Coast. I, I haven't slept that long in forever. There's something about being uh, at the in-laws that inspires edibles <laughs> and lots of fun. Um, hot tubs. I tell you, we just sit and we just melt away in that hot tub with some cold seltzers. You know, perfect Thanksgiving vibes. Um, after Thanksgiving, we spend here. We're going to be jetting to Boston, seeing my friends and my family in Rhode Island. And I just found out we have 47, actually 47 tickets sold for my Rhode Island show. Um, on the Patreon, I break down the analytics of all of that. But there's a door deal, which means the comedians get a percentage of the door. And then the bar or club or wherever it is, venue, restaurant, they get drink sales, food sales, and, you know, they get, they get uh, you know, to have their calendar filled with a fun night of stand-up comedy. So Saturday, November 26th, we got 47 tickets sold, which trust me when I say is a good number this far in advance. People buy their tickets last minute. So 47 plus 12 on the way. So that's 59 tickets sold, capacity 100. So if you guys are planning on coming to a show, you're going to want to make that happen. Now for my Cincinnati show, which is Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving, I'm on a pro-am show, which means there's going to be, you know, trust me when I say an open mic in Los Angeles or New York, we'll probably have more um, 
talented, uh, more experienced comedians than what you'll see at this show, because you know local shows they don't they don't have the hub of you know entertainers that the major cities do. Like if you go to any open mic in Los Angeles, you'll see people that have one last comic standing. You'll see people that have been on major late night TV shows that have an hour special out. You just still have to kind of work that grind because stage time's at a premium. But um, in Cincinnati, where there is a very good stand-up scene here, don't get me wrong, it won't be um, it won't be the same level of show. So if anyone's in the Cincinnati area and wants to come to that show, by all means, I think tickets are only five bucks uh, or something like that. You pay. I think they always have a two-drink minimum, so you got to buy their overpriced daiquiris. But um, I won't be doing a a long set. Um, other things I'm looking into. Uh, this is sort of last minute, but I'm looking into a show in San Diego soon. Um, Don't ask about it. You'll know. I'll tell you guys on Instagram and everywhere where that show will be. So lots in the works. My New York City show, Thursday, 7 p.m. Westside Comedy Club. That's December 1st. And then December 2nd, I have a midnight show, which, you know, for some people is really late. For others, it's a ton of fun. We'll probably be out at like 9 or 10 p.m. at that bar, hanging out for a few hours before the show. And that's our last night in New York City. But guess what, guys? Christmas is around the corner, which means Vlogmas, which are daily... Um, although we're not going to do it every day this season, I think we're going to cut it down to 15 videos. You know, we're going to take the weekends off and not kill ourselves, but Tasha and myself will be doing daily vlogs in the Christmas spirit. And let me tell you something, it's going to start in Kentucky, work its way to, uh, to New England, New York City, back to Los Angeles, and we might, God willing, if Santa is nice, we might make our way to the great continent of Europe. That's right, folks. We might get to do some Christmas markets in some of the most beautiful uh, Christmas villages in Western Europe. So we'll have to see if that works out. You'll only know if you follow the vlog. So there's always a link in the description or just go to my Instagram, Neals. Search Dave Neal Vlogs to get all of my behind-the-scenes vlogs. And then the vlog miss vlogs will be on Tasha's channel, uh, which is Tasha Courtney on YouTube. So the reason why I tell people to search it versus just sending you a link is it helps YouTube when they see that our names are being searched in their database. They go, oh boy, the people want to watch this. Let's show them to more people. And then we get to buy ourselves a nice Christmas present. That's how it works. So anyway, folks, we have a lot to get to here, so I won't jabber on too long. Tuesday evening, tomorrow night, 10 p.m., I will have an after show live stream with you at my mobile studio setup. We'll have to test out the Wi-Fi here. So if you want to be a part of that, 10 p.m., Tuesday night, we will have the after show, 10 p.m. East Coast. I don't know if it'll be 30 minutes or an hour. We'll have to see if it's well attended and we get super chats coming in and all that. We'll have it definitely going longer as that always happens. But, um, you know, I appreciate all of those that have been supporting in whichever way is possible. Of course, Patreon is another place you can support. Patreon.com slash Dave Neal, private behind the scenes bonus content. All right, let's get into it. Our first video is Wells defending Michael. So as we left you off this last thumbnail, we had Sierra clapping back at Caitlin, leaving a few comments that people had left her, sharing those, and then she responds in full with her entire response. Uh, so here's what Sierra said, and then I'm going to play what Wells has said regarding the situation. And Wells has some you know, pretty good insight. He was on the beach. Um, so Sierra had posted these comments that people had left her regarding their disgust for Caitlin Bristow and Danielle not referring to her by name and talking trash and disregarding her feelings. Then Sierra posted this. We didn't get to this last video. For clarity, I'm over Michael and have been. 
This is why I don't understand why I'm a point of topic for them. Those who keep saying get over it, it's comical because I'm in a relationship. But damn near 40 and hating on a 27-year-old that also had your man, goodbye, my feelings are valid. Um, My only critique of that would be that, you know, age doesn't have much to do with it. It's like, okay, just because he's 40 or 80 or 26, I don't think it really matters. I think we're all adults here watching some stupid TV show so we can treat it as such. But either way, she said goodbye, her feelings are valid. Yeah, I mean, she said what she said, and we've defended it. We've looked at it from all angles. Um, People could say that maybe the best case would have been for her to have, like, one simple statement after watching the show. But it's like, put yourself in Sierra's shoes here. She's watching the show just like everybody else. And every week, there's a new twist and a new turn in the feel, uh, you know, the feeling of wanting to sort of um, offer your opinion on the matter. All right, so if you didn't catch the earlier convo, I'm just going to play one quick minute of what Caitlin and Danielle said, and then after this, I'm going to play what Wells has said. What's-her-face is trying to say, like, but in three days, he led me on, and there was a bigger plan. And I've got receipts, and I'm like, but if you have receipts, that's fine. Like, show them. Yeah, show them. In my opinion, I have never talked to her, so I can't speak for her, but from my opinion, from an outsider viewer wells and i talked about this mm-hmm. is just like dude it was three days and he might have had some feelings towards you that doesn't like don't take that away from what it really was because maybe it was something nice that made him realize like hey wait i did like you but it's not where i want it to be and like what you're watching the rest of the season play out at. yeah yeah she's making it seem like he was just like a little playboy but like also Again, this is this is honestly it's been it's been a little frustrating. But if this is someone that you really cared so much about, right. like you know and respect, why are you shitting on his happiness? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then we of course rejected that premise that it's about caring about Michael. It's not about caring about Michael, it's about feeling like he told her he wasn't ready to move on and then he moved on. That's her feeling. Here's what reality Steve had to say. Kind of jumping on Sierra for still talking about Michael. And basically saying, let it go. And let it go. However, it was very dismissive of Sierra's feelings. And it was very coming from a place of Danielle knows she's with Michael and she's moving to Ohio soon. And it was almost like, get over it, girl. It was almost that. She also didn't even reference her by name. I just think that's, you know, when you call her what's her face, it's very disrespectful. And I just thought it was a bad look for both Caitlin and, and Danielle on that. Like, they're not horrible people. Again, this isn't something where, you know, you wish death upon them and tell them to go kill themselves. But my opinion is, I didn't think it was a good look. Period. End of story. All right. Well, that's the end of the story. It's not a good look. Yeah, it's just not a good look. Okay. So here's what Wells had to say uh, last week regarding the matter on Caitlin Bristow's podcast, Off the Vine. The whole Michael A. Danielle Sierra thing has has made very little sense to me, like why people are upset. Like, first of all, he broke up with Sierra before the rose ceremony. Right. And everyone's like, Michael should have gone home. And it's like, well, first of all, that was Sierra's choice to leave. She could have stayed right. there. But yeah. Michael also knew that he was going to go home. Like the whole night he was doing his like goodbye apology to her, mm-hmm. to everyone, because he had no prospects. He had no rose. So he effectively was like sending himself home, but he was, I think he was just like, I want to hang out a little bit longer and, you know, say goodbye to everyone and all this kind of stuff. And the other thing is is that he gave her a rose, the first rose ceremony. He never accepted one. So he never really 
led her on in the way that other people do. And it's funny because the exact same thing happens to Rodney. Rodney, uh, you know, is in this relationship with Lace and then, you know, waits for someone else to come in and then breaks up with her, effectively leading her on a little bit. And no one gave Rodney crap for doing what he did to Lace. And it, it doesn't it doesn't make any any sense to me. Very interesting. The question being, did Rodney leave lead Lace on? Uh, you know, we can always look at this with some revisionary history. I don't believe Rodney led Lace on as so much as she pursued him and he was into her and they were fine. And then something better came along. He said, don't worry about it. And then Eliza and him hit it off. And then Eliza stiffed him. I mean, the whole show is just a hot potato of who's going to stiff who with the bill. Uh, one last comment here. Someone had left this in defense of Sierra. Um, let me uh, make sure I make this smaller. I can't even believe y'all. Sierra has been one of the most genuine and positive contestants this franchise has had, and all people do is hate on her. And for what? She's been hated on for speaking out against injustices. I swear Sierra got even more heat for calling out Shanae on her terrible behavior and ableism than Shanae did for being actually terrible at everyone and having the worst behavior. Sierra cannot do anything right for this fandom. Love y'all. Uh, y'all love to portray her wrongly, and I hate playing the race card, but I am confident that her being black is a factor because y'all love to associate her being black and elaborative and able to defend herself and call out what's wrong to her somehow being loud and overdramatic. And even when her and Michael broke up, everyone was quick to call her the one being too involved and too exaggerative. Exaggerative? They literally are in a show that sends them to a beach for what? Not even two to three months? and It's about one month. And then they are expected to marry and stay together forever. And y'all call her out for being correct when what the show is about when she's dealing with a grown man with a child. And she even, okay, this, first of all, this comment just doesn't, it's not that well written. But to be honest, it's not surprising. You made the ableist mean pretty blonde girl a victim of Sierra for calling her out. Now, I mean, look. Here's the here's the thing. You can watch the show and read comments in any which direction. I think the general audience feels like, and this let's put a bed to all this. Let's put a bed to all this. Let's put this all to bed, okay, folks. I think to sort of speak for all of Bachelor Nation, which I shouldn't, but to speak for the general people, I think people feel that Sierra um, had the right to feel scorned, but probably dragged it out a little too long. Yeah, it was like four, five, six different clapbacks. She's posting Bob Marley quotes, calling Michael a fraud, essentially, in all these different things. So I think people said she felt the right to feel her feelings, but probably dragged it out a little too long. Likewise, Caitlin and Danielle shouldn't have commented on it. The The good PR would have been to just not comment on it and move on. Because by commenting on it, it's just like, all right, now we have two people... Uh, criticizing one and it becomes weighted which makes it a mean girl scenario which makes it kind and then you and then some people are throwing the race card into all of it so there's there's different levels of this conversation that could be had but i think in the end sierra's feelings are fine and while she has moved on she did bring it up multiple times before so sierra's like i've moved on it's like yeah that's okay that you moved on but danielle is allowed a response. I just think the appropriate response from Danielle would have been like, I'm sure she saw in Michael the same thing I saw in him, that he's a great guy, period, boom, move on. Should I be running Bachelor Nation PR? I mean, golly, they just, because they they feel the need to dig themselves into holes. Like, Danielle's been nothing but likable so far. So when she's like, oh yeah, Sierra's it, you know, ugh, it's just kind of like, it doesn't help the scenario 
whatsoever. Will Sierra respond to this? My guess is no. Sierra did say, let's go back to what her final thought was. She did say, goodbye, my feelings are valid. Um, and I think that was her way of saying it's over. But now that Wells has been brought back up in the conversation, Sierra is invited to respond. Your invitation to respond, Sierra, is valid if you would like to. But of course, if you don't want to, that's fine too. But your boy could use some extra content here. Anyway. All right. From one problematic storyline to another, we've got Gabby explaining her sort of uh, friendship with Vinny Guadagnino. So Gabby responds to the flirting with Vinny Guadagnino. Am I pronouncing that right? Italian Americans out there. Um, that has happened on their season of Bachelor. I'm sorry, of Dancing with the Stars. So I'm going to play the clip um, that she post that they posted on Chicks in the Office podcast. Uh, but first, uh, here's a little clip of what actually uh, uh, entailed in within that flirting. Vinny got flirty with Dancing with the Stars co-star Gabby Windy. Vinny and Bachelorette alum Gabby Windy, who also competed on season 31 of Dancing with the Stars, engaged in a flirty exchange on Instagram after her split from ex-fiance Eric Schwer in November 2022, sparking rumor romance rumors amongst fans. Stop looking for the one, be the one, and let them all come to you, Vinny captioned on Instagram that showed him sitting on a couch while admiring New York City. Oh, on my way, Gabby commented, to which the MTV star responded, patiently waiting while you kill the finale, referring to the Bachelor Nation star nabbing a spot in the Dancing with the Stars finale with dance partner Val Trimarkovsky. Prior to that, the pair had another cheeky exchange on the social media platform in which Vinny wrote, good job, baby mama, on a video Gabby posted of one of her and Val's performances. My main man, Gabby replied. All right, here's her response to that. Um, does this stop the rumors that they're dating? They kind of just said, oh, we're having fun with it. Well, maybe you're having fun with it and you're also dating. Let me know what you guys think. In the comments, it's it's hilarious to watch. It was an inside joke that, that got away. You yeah. Know? But it's probably funny for you guys on the other side to just sit back and laugh and be like, we could yeah, comment anything they're on the, at this they're point. They're on the inside of yeah, the joke. You can comment anything at <laughs> yeah. this point and people are going to pick it up and go, Gabby, new man, <laughs> Vinny from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like Gabby on Jersey Reunion. I'm like, yeah. hey, laundry, baby. Yeah. I'm like a Guido intro <laughs> after this. It's amazing. It's so, so funny. It's so funny. So um, funny. Val, on the other, I feel like people always talk about the celebs and the pressure on their personal relationships that the show creates. Like, oh, you know, they, they, they have to, they're dancing for so much. What about their husbands? What about their wives or boyfriends, et cetera? But, you know, you, you're a pro and the pro has to put in just as much time. So, how so now this part's interesting because a lot of the things people have been asking about Gabby's relationship with Eric, and this happens every season, is does this take a toll on your personal relationship? I mean, you're gyrating, you're on top of each other, you're doing the mamba, the vertical tango, you're doing whatever, the horizontal limbo, you're doing it all, right? And um, Val gives a good response because he's not just a dancer, his wife is as well. How are you doing? I know your wife Jenna is expecting, which is super exciting. So how do you balance it all too? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, I did the show for a long time. So all those seasons I was single, it wasn't a problem. at all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, my, my, my wife now is, is uh, pregnant. We're about to have a child in January. I mean, it's been an incredible time for me in my life. It, it's been a, a few tough years. And to answer your question, it's a conversation. I'm also married to another pro that's on the show. So I think it's, 
it's weird because to answer your question, it isn't one person missing someone else. It's both people really busy with the same pressure, bringing it home and not really having each other to even like, you know, unpack to, right? But we do because we only have each other, right? So we unpack each other's stuff to each other, you know? Mm -hmm. So she comes in talking about- She needs to unpack some more buttons for that shirt. About her partner. I come in talking about my pressure, my stress, uh, and we're there for each other. But it's, yeah, it, it took some years to also figure out. Yeah. Have you gotten right any uh, fatherly advice from from your brother? He's kind of oh. went through the same formula. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, we ain't got no type. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're so married to a dancer from the show. Pros um, went through that. Yeah, I mean, I, he gave me advice, but... Also, I, I just saw through example as well, and I learned a lot. I learned what also I could avoid. Uh, and the greatest thing for me, I have a lot of confidence and joy is because I have a great partner uh, in Jenna that, that I'm having a child with. So, you, you know, it, it just gives me confidence that at least one of us will raise this kid really well. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to play one more clip for you guys. So, you know, Dancing with the Stars, the finale is tonight. We've got Gabby in the finale along with Charlie D'Amelio, Wayne Brady, and Shangela. Pretty much everyone has a chance to win this. Uh, any, If any dance... Uh, surprises the judges and takes it to that next level like they're all they're all basically getting nines and tens pretty much all tens at this point my guess is charlie d'amelio wins gabby second wayne brady third and shangela fourth that's my guess let me know what you guys think in the comment section so the next part now this whole video is titled gabby windy felt support announcing eric breakup on dancing with the stars to be honest i think they included the eric part for clicks i don't uh, n n none of this really addressed Eric, but have a listen as Gabby does talk about having the support system from Bachelor Nation. <laughs> uh, you know, and the other will will make everyone laugh in the process. Yeah, that's that's why it's nice. To, yeah, when you have a, a good partnership, uh, Gabby, that you've had so many supportive members of Bachelor Nation and people who are there watching you. I feel like every week they pan to the crowd and Rachel's there cheering you on. How supportive have your girlfriends been? while you've been on the show? So supportive. It's been honestly such a blessing because it does. I mean, for me, it's like it's experiences are better when shared. So naturally I'm like, oh my God, don't you guys want to come to the show? But it's like every <laughs> Monday, people work, you have to be there two or three hours early, you have to COVID test. But so I'm like, oh my God, like, so sorry if you don't want to come. Like I totally understand, <laughs> you know, like if you're sick of my shit, but they show up every week, like with a huge smile and really just want to be there to support me, I think, because we all know how temporary it is. So I'm just grateful for friends who like truly, you know, give a shit about me and like want to so when she says that I'm, I'm grateful for friends that truly care about me it makes you wonder if that if she believes eric didn't now i could be grasping at straws here but by saying i'm truly grateful for these friends they care about me is that implying that the reverse is was true that eric wasn't really invested in her which i don't think is the case i i, I don't think he wasn't at the last three or four episodes because he didn't care about her. I think it's because they got in whatever fight they were getting and were on the rocks and she didn't want him there. I think he would have been there if she wanted him there. Um, but it's interesting because now she's going to go from basically having 100 hours a week dancing with the stars nonstop to 
having a lot more free time. Now, if she wins tonight, maybe she'll have a little bit of a Dancing with the Stars hangover. She'll go on Good Morning America. Who knows what the hell they got her doing with the Mirrorball Trophy. Um, she will, I believe, be touring with the Dancing with the Stars tour, so that'll keep her busy. But it's kind of like how when you um, maybe uh, enter sobriety and give up alcohol, it might unmask other problems that you had that you didn't realize because you were using. In this case, I relate that here because with a little bit extra free time, it'll help her um, have whatever internal therapy and whatever internal thoughts need to happen uh, to mourn the breakup with Eric. Is there a chance that she has more free time and realizes uh, she misses the relationship? There's always a chance. I don't believe that would happen. But I do believe if there were a scenario in which she wasn't on Dancing with the Stars, she could have had a possible different outcome if she was able to feed that relationship's fire. But again, we have no idea what went down. So it's it's all speculation. And we've got Gabby responding to the backlash from her and Rachel's arrival on Bachelor in Paradise. She says people were not happy with our behavior and some commenters were really not happy. Someone said they were trying to convince Kate to leave Logan. He has been nothing but patient with her. Rachel hates him because he didn't want her. And Gabby is hating him because Rachel tells her to. They are just a joke at this point. So it hasn't been lost on the leads that they received a lot of backlash from these comments. So let's go to what Gabby had to say on uh, on Chicks in the Office podcast. It's so great. Well, Gabby, I know while well, we, ha- we have you on here, so we have to ask because you were just, you had a brief paradise appearance uh, this yeah. this week. How did uh, how did that go, and what did you think you were there for? I mean, who knows, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we were like, our time's over. Like, it's going to be fun to be a fly on the wall and just, like, whatever, like, talk shit, be involved in, like, a dating whatever. show that doesn't involve us. Um, but it sounds like some people were not um, – happy with our behavior and trash talking Logan. <laughs> I'm like, what else are we supposed to do? <laughs> I don't hate Gabby's response here. Like, look, I've always said this. Don't apologize if you're not sorry for something. You know, we have nothing like our society is nonstop people apologizing for things they're not sorry for. So she's not sorry. She said, what am I supposed to do? We talk trash about him. Now, does that make it right? No. Does it give the audience the chance to decide if they want to support Gabby? Yes. If they feel like they want to unfollow her, they can unfollow her. This is what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, like, girls like to gossip, but ultimately it's like the person who's dating them. It's their choice. And we can only speak from experience. That's like all dating is. And I feel like it's like we're on reality TV, on dating shows. Like, what else kind of do you expect, you know? But didn't quite know our place for sure. Yeah. What else do you expect? I don't know. Class, maybe? Okay, so look. If Gabby and Rachel were watching Bachelor in Paradise as it played out and got to see that Logan is pretty much bulletproof from the villain edit at this point. And now, again, of course, if you know, if anyone does something that they rightfully deserve, that's one thing. But the villain edit is essentially the show having carte blanche at being able to portray someone a certain way and the audience believing it. That hasn't happened with Logan. He snaps back on Instagram and on TikTok. He's super funny. He's likable. There's a reason people are lining up to see him. If you're in line to date Logan from Bachelor in Paradise, stay in line. It's your constitutional right. Of course, this is a play on uh, voting, uh, you know, when the voting polls are extra long. So anyway... There, um, the question has been asked, why do people hate Rachel so much? 
I was just reading the comments in this Instagram, which I'll share for you on the Bachelor in Paradise account, and I was shocked to see 99% of the comments are bashing Rachel and many bashing both Rachel and Gabby. I also checked a few Facebook groups, and they're all bashing Rachel as well. Twitter is also having a field day bashing Rachel. I don't don't think anyone's ever agreed on everything so much as they wanted to bash Rachel. I don't think I've ever seen a bachelorette as hated as Rachel. Why is that? There were things she did I didn't agree with. I, too, hated how she bashed Logan, but I don't think she deserves this much hatred and vitriol. Look, I can't speak for the hatred and vitriol coming from other people because I don't have hatred for Rachel. I actually really like Rachel. I like Rachel in the way I like Claire and I like Katie and that they're complicated people. They are going to wear their emotions on their sleeve. If they feel bitter or scorned, they're going to call it out. She felt she felt a certain way about Logan. Now, as an audience, as a neutral party in all of this, we watch Logan break up with Rachel and we see his in the moments and the behind the scenes and we go, oh, Logan looks like he's just trying his best. You know, he wasn't that into Rachel. He wanted to let her go. So he tried one with Gabby. Next, you know, caught COVID or he's, you know, whatever, whatever went, went down COVID. And, um, and then he's on Bachelor in Paradise and Rachel has a different story. Now, lucky for us, we get to watch all the in the moments and see how it all plays out. And the story we have has a little bit more grace and compassion for Logan's uh, tale and less for Rachel's. It's just a good example. We talked about crisis PR before, before crisis PR being how how we deal with things, um, you know, during a time of controversy. And as far as Rachel's concerned, like, look, you got the hero edit. You got cheated on. You have all these things going for you. Now, don't get me wrong, when she filmed this on Bachelor in Paradise, she still hadn't had to deal with, um, um, you know, the breakup with Tino and all those other things. So she might have just been in some lover's high, can do no wrong. I, like other people out there, can tell you sometimes we have no idea how hurtful we can be in the moment, and then it takes a while to think about it. Of course, Gabby didn't apologize, and we haven't heard from Rachel yet, but these are the comments. I mean, people are going to tell you how they feel. I ended up with nobody, so you definitely won't either, Logan. Someone who is happy with himself and their relationship doesn't do that. Um, of course, at the time, Rachel was still with Tino. Literally, why are they there? No more Gabby and Rachel, please. Hard pass. Not wasting another minute on TV dedicated to Rachel or Gabby. Can't be done with those two already. Worst season ever. Why ruin Paradise 2? I'll be fast-forwarding when they're on. Now, look. Instagram isn't the nicest place, but there's a lot of people, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, that feel the same way about Rachel, that they don't like the the way she came off here. And like I said before, you know, when you're when you're upset at how something was handled or you want to take it out on somebody, you don't realize like like I think in this instance, Rachel doesn't realize she was the one in the position of power, being that she was the one with the you know the she was the one getting paid logan was the contestant she was the lead so when when even though like she feels like logan dumped me i can i can warn others about him what she doesn't realize is that he's actually kind of like a fan favorite right now people are rooting logan on of course in the battle that logan has with the shallow kate gallivan um shallow water careful do not dive head first all right we're gonna take a hard switch to a different topic here a very serious one katie thurston posted this to her Um, LGBTQ family. I woke up to the news about the Colorado Springs shooting at Club Q last night. My heart goes out to the families of the five people who lost their lives. My heart goes out to the 18 people injured. My heart goes out to community who had to witness such horrible actions last night. I will continue to fight relentlessly by your side. While there continues to be evil and hate in this world, know that love is the most powerful thing. You are so loved and supported by many. You have an army standing behind you who will never stop fighting for you. I'm sorry these times often feel dark and scary. You are a light in this world, and I am thankful for you. I often tell this story um, about uh, 
about this night I had in Chelsea, which is a gay-friendly community in New York City. New York City itself is gay-friendly. Chelsea's uh, very gay-friendly. Um, and by gay-friendly, you know, people can hold hands and kiss and not, not wonder if they're going to be yelled at or judged or have somebody, you know, not treading on them lightly, as it were. Um, there are plenty of gay-friendly places in other pockets of the world, but there's also plenty of places where gays um, are 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 are. Uh, it is illegal to be to be that way. Maybe not in our country, but it can still be a dangerous place. So for the shooting that happened the other night, it is devastating. Dan Savage posted this, um, and and let me just finish my thoughts. Sorry, I'm all all over the place. So I'm going to be staying in Chelsea in New York City next week, and this one core experience I have. Because I, I I worked on the the movie Normal Heart the miniseries and that that um, that movie was filmed with a majority of a gay cast and you get to see that movie that took place um, based on the AIDS pandemic in the 1980s and while it was being filmed there was major legislation being approved in New York City at that time with regards to gay rights so I got to see firsthand people hugging crying. Um, uh, feeling heard and valued and all these things. And it was very powerful. Secondly, that same time period, I was at a drag show, a karaoke drag show, probably one of the only straight people there. And there was this beautiful moment where a guy brought his dad, you know, this gay guy brought his dad to the drag show, assuming the dad was straight. And and everyone cheered. And, and there was this like fun camaraderie that took place in a time where people are afraid to come out to their parents or afraid to come out to certain people or live in a certain community. And that's not everywhere, but it still exists. And we see that here. It's not just that gay bars are supposed to be a safe space. People who hate queer people want us to keep it private, behind closed doors, someplace they don't have to see it. And the doors of a gay bar are doors we keep it behind, a place we can go and be together and not bother them with the fact of our existence. And behind those doors is a place we can forget they exist. Not straight people. There are straight people in gay bars and clubs, our friends. But behind those doors we can forget, we can suspend our disbelief and pretend the haters don't exist just for a few hours. An attack like this says, not even here. Behind closed doors isn't good enough for them. It's not that they want us to exist out of sight. They don't want us to exist at all. So if we're not safe in there, behind closed doors, where... They, where they say they want us, we have no choice but to fight to make it safe everywhere for all LGBT people, out of the bars and into the streets. That was a chant heard during the Stonewall riots. The modern, modern LGBT civil rights movement began with an attack on a bunch of queer people, gay men, drag queens, trans women, butch dykes, behind, being themselves behind closed doors. The raid on the Stonewall Inn was state-sponsored violence. The attack on Club Q in Colorado Springs last night, well, we're waiting on the full details, but it looks like GOP-sponsored violence. Not just the logical result of the groomer blood libel, but the goal. They used to say there was something wrong with us because we only gathered in seedy bars, but that was where they herded us. That was the only space we were allowed. And when they attacked us in a gay bar one time too many, we poured out of not just that bar, but of all of them into the streets. Behind closed doors was never enough. They knocked down those doors and arrested us in bedrooms and evicted us from our apartments and fired us from our jobs and made something that's already hard to do, loving another human being, almost impossible. We fought back then, and we fought back last night. 
So very powerful stuff out there. If any of this makes you feel a certain way, maybe defensive because you don't think this is political or this or that, be the change you want to see. Be the change within your political party, within your community, within your friend circle, with whatever, wherever it is that you see hate or vitriol or misguided anger, just help be the change. Shine light on that. Hug somebody. And as always, for Bachelor in Paradise previews, we just go on the Bachelor in Paradise Instagram account and play the different trailers. Have a listen. I know we're not ready. It's the two-night finale event. I don't know if you're ever ready. Who leaves alone and who leaves married? Do you want to get married right here? right now no. bachelor in paradise new monday and tuesday on abc right, so that's tonight okay that's our first trailer let's play our next one one of the most intense and unpredictable love triangles of the entire summer yeah rodney the whole genesis of this situation really goes back genesis. to the time that justin showed up on the beach and you encouraged her to go on the date um specifically what i said to her is if you 100 don't know that it's me you should go on the date because i didn't want to be a hypocrite a week before that I was dating late. Still doing I didn't this. want to be toxic or controlling because that's not me. That's not my nature. I just felt like we were so good. And all I needed to hear that moment was, I don't want you to. Because I would do the same thing if the roles were reversed. So and even though I told you I don't want you to go, was that just not enough? Well, as I know, that was an incredibly emotional week. But you had to pick between two incredible guys. But I got to ask you, do you still have feelings for Rodney? Coming up tonight. Oh my god. On Bachelor in Paradise. All right, that's right. You know what? Give one me, of the most I'll intense you, you what, and unpredictable luck. Give me a like here. I brought my soundboard. I brought my professional microphone. Can I get listen, listen, 48% of you guys that watch aren't subscribed. We had almost two million views this past past month. That means a million different views. We could literally get a hundred thousand subscribers this day if the rest of you guys ended up subscribing. Double check. See if you're subscribed, literally. Pull up your phone and see if you're not, get on board. We need you. We need to go into 2023 strong. All right, next clip. Rodney and Jamie. Andrew. And uh, Romeo and Kira. For those listening on the podcast, this is just a dumb mashup. Uh, grocery store and Serena. All right, so again, for those listening on the podcast, just a dumb mashup. For the rest of you guys, let's play the next trailer. We have, um, okay, this is just a video with no sound. Oh, that'll go great on the podcast. All right, let's get to it. We're napping spot. Look, it's serene, and I know where her feelings are at. Like, it's just continuous excitement from here on out. Oh, Hi, my. baby girl. I swear on my life, you were the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen. I'm so unbelievably blessed. I have thought that I found my person before, but this is so different. And it's because of the way that you love me. No one has ever loved me the way that you have. And I'm gonna love you forever. Yeah. Whoa. I think for Brandon and I, we both came into this with past experiences of feeling like we had the rug pulled from under us. So we've been having these conversations about the future this entire time. This is definitely the happiest I've ever been. Coming up tonight on The Bachelor in Paradise. I mean, look, if if they don't work out, if 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 Brandon and Serene don't work out, cancel the show. The show is over. We need them. All right. Uh, here are two other bad boys. We have Aaron Clancy and one Logan Palmer. All right, action. 
So guys, okay, so this is our handshake, all right? Hey, what's up, Logan? Sensi bow. There they are, the bros. All right, two more trailers for you guys. It's time to start talking about what life looks like after paradise. Tonight. I know we're not ready. The two-night finale event. If I accept this rose, it means that I'm committing. Get rid of nervous. Who leaves together? My soulmate is right here. Who leaves alone? Engagement is huge. I don't know if you're ever ready. I just never thought that would happen. And who leaves married? Do you want to get married right here? right now bachelor in paradise new tonight and tomorrow right, and then our final trailer some repeats there we have paradise is coming to an end tonight will be the great divide a complete separation of couples who may just be cute together versus couples who you know move across the country for each other I'm so afraid he's gonna be like, I can't get this rose out. There are some answers potentially I'm looking for. Kate and I have something really strong. If I accept this rose, it means that I'm committing. Scared, I'm nervous, I'm anxious. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't like certain amount of fear. She is ready for engagement, and I'm scared as shit. Hopefully, I'm gonna put a ring on that. Right, rings going on to that, that being uh, his uh, significant other's finger. We'll have to see how this all plays out. All right, folks, that does it for me. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Bachelor Rush Hour. We're going to have tons of content for you this Thanksgiving week. I hope you guys are thankful for all these videos I give you. No, I'm kidding. I hope you guys are thankful for a lot in your world and you have a lot to be appreciative of this week. You know me, I always get sentimental during the Thanksgiving holidays. It's my favorite holiday. We get just to, we get to tell people in a world where we normally don't and we get to share that gratitude. So I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for all the reviews and positivity you guys have left on my channel. Keep doing it. Appreciate you all so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody.